Hello and welcome to this episode of the Soul Love Podcast, where we go deep on what it means to really live and love from the soul. We are your hosts, Gria. My name's Aaron, and we're a twin flame couple. And on this podcast, we're going to be sharing authentically from our journey in the hopes that you, the listener, will get some really clear insights and perhaps even some strategies on how you can live and love from the soul. Let's rock. Let's rock it. Woohoo. Yeah. Hello and welcome to the Soul Love Online Podcast. My name is Aaron. And I'm Gria. And together we're going to be sharing some deep, dark, juicy stuff today. <laughs> <laughs> We've been going through some really big sexual shame clearings. Yeah. Uh, we've got our six-week online course starting just in a few days. Yeah. Uh, primal healing where we go through the root, sacral and solar plexus energy centers to clear all the distortions and as such we've been clearing our distortions yeah each time we do it we just go to to deeper levels whenever we do a course or a retreat or you know any sort of group work and we seem to go through our own initiations and um it's a curse and a blessing the facilitator's curse and blessing but uh yeah we um we've been had some really deep stuff come up and yeah we want to share it with you guys because it's been profoundly healing challenging but Mm. you know it's brought us even deeper as these challenges do yeah absolutely absolutely and we know that what we have experienced as as a man and as a woman there's certain threads of commonality and of course as individuals we're all different but um yeah, we go through things and we're very close to to another couple and they were sharing yesterday some of the stuff that they've been going through and you know there's there's definite echoes of themes and so we always share with the intention that some of our own insights and our own lessons and what we've kind of come to see and clear will be of service to to others and that's what we're here for so yeah here we go yeah exactly right so um this really kicked off um in a big way Uh, For those that have been following our podcast, we did an interview with a beautiful woman called Carlin. Digitalis? Or Boita. Well, she has, yeah. (laughs) She's like, like, well, she's got two names. Yeah. (laughs) She's got two names. I was like, oh. (laughs) Yeah, Boita. And we got to the end of that podcast and it had been a really illuminating conversation. And I know Greer had been really talking up her breathwork sessions at you know, you partook in last year. Yeah, I worked with her last year for a a few months, yeah. And Carlin was coming down to Hobart (laughs) not long after the interview. And so, you know, I'd been going through my own rebirth with the birthing of our little bubba. Yeah. And um, I'd been using various modalities for that and I was really interested to see what breath work could bring to the table. Yeah, and it was only really our conversation with Carlin in that podcast that brought up that um, kind of, uh, that idea of having breathwork session because I'd booked mm. in with her to have a, a yoni mapping session yeah. in preparation for the birth and then after that session we're like and I think she had one spot left and I was like it's yours so yeah. we're like sweet you get to go have rebirth this will be really nice yeah oh yeah I was f- fully prepared for some big stuff to come up I I went to the session with the intention and my intention was really clear it was to clear anything that was blocking my joy, my play, my creativity, my vitality, Mm. my prosperity, um, you know, all these amazing 
Yeah, sacral. Sa- sacral well, and yeah. root, yeah. I, I thought it was more inner child stuff, but yeah, I really wanted to clear any imprints that I'd picked up from my birth. Mm. And when I sat down with Carlin, she said, well, yes, that will happen. And you also, there's the potential to clear anything you've picked up during your conception as well, not just mm. the birth. So mm. uh, we will go and right back. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, that was my intention, just to clear whatever needed to be clearing. And um, I shared with her at the start of our session, you know, what we'd been going through as a couple <laughs> Bub's kicking, <laughs> and uh, yeah, just shared some of the my uh, I guess you could say fears I'd had as um, coming into this new phase of life as a father, and some of those fears were passing on um, some of my own distortions and uh, und- underdeveloped aspects. Uh, one in particular was anger and frustration which mm. had played out on the way to the session <laughs> it was on a Sunday and the the car park car park closed at 4 30 and I knew I was going to be later than that and all the car parks around the city were like only one hour and I was like oh council <laughs> fuck matrix blah 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 and so I was got a bit tense actually on the way so I thought I had the suspicion that maybe that this is coming up to be um, felt healed and released because I know that's certainly one mm. one dynamic that's within me that I inherited and that I don't want to pass on. And that that's kind of, kind of come from your male line. Yeah, it came from and the father we're ha- line. And having a son. We're having a son yeah. as well. It's worth saying, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly right. So there was that and there was... And I was about to go into session and I was like, oh, and there's also this thing around my sexuality and um, a fear of uh, hurting Greer and um, because and it, it's been a something we've worked through from the very start of our relationship yeah. is, you know, me sort of wanting to explore other, you know, feminine partners and um, and things like that and... Although we haven't gone down that road, I was still very honest about, like, this is what's true for me. He was so honest about it, especially, like, so early on. Yeah, early on it was Which pretty... Which was great. Yeah. Yeah. And initially, we, although we were very intimate, we didn't think that we were going to... We knew that we had, like, yeah. we knew potential twin twins and, like, there was something very deep, but we weren't necessarily... Because of our age difference and where our lives were at, we weren't... Mm. necessarily right let's be together and be together forever so that granted us a certain level of um freedom and even though yeah you well happened at one time (laughs) you weren't but it was like it it created a space that we could and we were very good friends to begin with so Mm. we explored a lot together yeah before we were sexually intimate yeah i think because and for those that have followed our journey and listened to our story podcast you know we share that yeah, we were friends before we were intimate. And even when we first became intimate, we didn't think we were soulmate, you know, twin flames. Mm. And so, yeah, that really meant, certainly for me, there was a level of detachment in our... I was a bit less attached. <laughs> you were a bit more attached. <laughs> there was, for me, there was a certain level of detachment, which meant that, um, yeah, I was pretty honest about where I was at. 
And so, you know, the more quote-unquote serious we got and uh, more committed Committed, that we became, I started to fear more and more this aspect of my sexuality that had a desire for for more and Mm. other. So, you know, although it was a source of, you know, inner conflict and friction within my own psyche, it was also a great gift because it was a real antithesis for us to... And certainly me to reach out to um, other teachers and healers, which actually really sent us on that path of divine union. And yeah. um, it well, was... the theme was Illumina, who, exactly who right. was in the previous podcast. Who we interviewed, yeah. yeah, last week. Um, so, you know, there was massive gifts. Yeah. And you going on that journey kind of, that's... One aspect of that is what led me to work with Carlin last year as well and work with mm. Michaela Boehm. And, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been powerful. It's another good example when we honor our truth within our relationship that it, it will bring up if we are in that committed intimacy mm-hmm. relationship that it will bring up kind of the the polarity or the the balance of what needs to be restored and healed in the other. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So you know uh, that was something I was very honest about early mm-hmm. on in our relationship and um, and you know I've done fair bit of work and in in one session with my mentor Rama we connected my sacral to my heart and so you know that was a a big shift and yet after that session this aspect of myself was still playing out so I was a bit you know still dubious about you know how how far have I come with this and um and can I also share uh, just at this point in time that what that kind of brought up with me, I was going to share this a bit later, but it, it kind of from the get-go, because of that sharing, I knew that what Aaron was going through had nothing to do with me, that it wasn't that it was nothing to do with me. And at the same time, there was a fear that I would never be enough for you. Yeah. And that you would always want more or something else. Yeah. So that, um, that's been something that I, yeah, that I've kind of really needed to move through and has brought me deeper into my own kind of mm. enoughness and my own power and having the boundaries that are, feel true for me as yeah. well and allowing that um, holding space for each other's truth and yeah expressing that without projecting each other's truth onto the other it's been a, mm. um, a huge um, learning for both of us balancing that yeah yeah mm. and I think in retrospect I've I probably took on more of your truth because of where we're at and I didn't want to go explore it just didn't feel an appropriate time to go explore other things and um Mm. but anyway um I digress Mm. (laughs) um yeah that's yeah well that's just interesting you say that because I I I in some ways feel a bit the same is that I think that that's what led me to go and explore some of the tantric work and stuff because I felt like okay I need to become something a bit more too so again it's 100%. it's a good example of how yeah we both experience the same kind of energy but in different in polarities in different ways. Yeah. yeah yeah yep yeah so um yeah and why i i shared that uh aspect of myself at the beginning of the session with carlin is because i don't need to go into the story of it but um sexuality was a a bone of contention within my own parents relationship and from what I've heard it it was a 
big part of why they split up. So there was that in my, mm. you know, subconscious cellular memory of sexuality, you know, potentially creating, creating separation. Separation, exactly mm. right. Well said. So yeah, I shared that because I, you know, feared that that could potentially play out for my own son, and um, yeah, it was. Yeah, it, it took a lot for me to share that with Carlin, um, just to be really honest about it again. And so sure enough, I got down, um, laid down on the floor and started doing the breath work. And sure enough, this sexual self just decided to rear his head. I won't say it's an ugly head, but... <laughs> He's got beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are we still recording here? Yeah, we'll just check. Screen's we'll just gone silent. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, sure enough, this sexual self um, flared up, I'll say. Rose to the occasion. Rose to the occasion. And, um, you know, for me, it was, uh, it felt a bit awkward, but, you know, the set and setting were in a dimly lit room. I was laying down on the ground. I'm there with Carlin, who's very embodied in her feminine essence and... Mm. Um, you know, <laughs> I've been to Amsterdam. I've yeah. I, I've been in that You've sort of, si- of I've been in those like. sort of situations <laughs> before. <laughs> and um, you know, sure enough, my sexual energy started. You know, I was getting turned on, mm. and it there was the aspect of me that felt that was like very it was inappropriate, and I was like, oh no, and I was st- starting to really get a proper erection. And I'm like. She's like, okay. and so I'm breathing, I'm breathing into it. I'm like, okay, this is happening. And so, and then Carl asks, so what's happening in your body? <laughs> and I'm, I just like kept breathing. I didn't say anything. I'm just all like, and you know, because we've done so much work and been so honest, I know what <laughs> needs to be shared in, in that moment. And I was like, oh, I'm feeling like a tingling in my hands. <laughs> I'm feeling bit of a tingling in my feet and I was just like and it wasn't going away and I knew that I wasn't going to get what I needed from the session unless I really shared what was happening and so um yeah I shared what was going on and she was like okay she held the space so well and you know what really happened from that session is you know more of that energy just kept getting more and more activated and I had to really share what was going on for me you know, with Carlin and she held the space so well. Um, but, you know, as this was happening, I just had the most immense, powerful, activating energy just like surging through my body. It was mm. incredible. And at the same time, I was having lots of memories pop up, you know, one of which was as a four-year-old. And I think this is something every little boy goes through because I've seen other boys do it now as an adult like you know being around young kids and I see you know young four or five year old boys they've just got their hand on their penis they're not necessarily pleasuring them themselves but they've just got it there and I know I have that memory pop up you know as a child walking I still remember it I was walking around Salamanca Market you know you know with my mum and dad and they're like Aaron like stop that like get away get your hand off there I was just all like, oh, mm. just, 
you know, and then I had this association that, you know, having my hand there or that area of myself was, you know, bad and not to be touched, dirty, dirty yeah. etc. And um, another memory I had pop up was, uh, I think I was about nine or ten, and I was just becoming curious. And it was school holidays, so I was an only child at home by myself, and you know, it was back in the days of dial-up internet, and um, yeah, I was going on lesbian porn sites, <laughs> and um, this was at Mum's house, and. Sure enough, those sites come with a few viruses and trojans and things like that. So mum <laughs> took her computer to the IT specialist and she comes back <laughs> back home one day and she's got like 10 pages long of um, the internet history of <laughs> lesbian porn, lesbian porn, lesbian porn. <laughs> and she comes back and she's like, Aaron! what is this i could tell she was really embarrassed <laughs> i was like oh. <laughs> it was like pages <laughs> so she is lesbian yeah like. exactly right <laughs> and oh, here so she funny. is a single woman <laughs> oh, so funny. um so you know uh i had that pop up because i was like i felt you know deeply guilty for you know and and shameful for just being curious about that and um yeah so you know although I wasn't severely abused or anything mm. you know sexually or anything like that I've never experienced any of that and I have a lot of compassion for those that have gone through that um you know I still had this association of guilt and shame with my you know genitalia and sexuality mm. and you know, I had those memories pop up and then I could see how that had played out through my teenage years and young adulthood with, you know, not really owning my lover aspect and actually being afraid of really um, stepping into my sexual power and potency. And, you know, that manifested with me um, sleeping with, you know, young women that just weren't healthy for me. You know, I really... In some cases, not all the time, but in some cases, I really lowered my standards and were with, you know, dysfunctional women. Mm. And it was from a place of, you know, safety because I knew I wasn't going to get hurt because I didn't really care about them. Mm. Um, it was from a place of protection because you know, I really was, you know, it's only looking back now, I knew if I really opened myself to someone that really you know, fulfilled my needs and there's the potential that they were going to hurt me, which, mm. you know, was something that had played out in my early relationships as well. So, you know, I really saw how, mm. you know, my sexuality had um, played out. Do you think that's really common for men? And maybe oh, for women, well, for women, but yeah. I'm how sure common do you is. think that is? I'm sure it is. I'm sure mm. it's really common. Mm. Um, you know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree. And it's part of that whole, um, you know, the impact of this distortion of of the um, the inherent innocence of our sexuality and how culture and <clears throat> our society <throat> plays that out. I mean, my parents were always kind of like, they had kids and stuff in, in front of me. They were all actually quite, quite intimate with each other. But I remember, like, Dad watching the news and just having his hands down his pants and, like, my mum going, hey, take your hands <laughs> off your pants, you know. And, like, I didn't, like... 
Do you get anything? I just remember little moments like that. Yeah. That there is this um, kind of, and sometimes it's appropriate, but you know, yeah, yeah, a lot of it is unnecessary. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and um, something else that came up in that session with Carlin was like, she asked me, "Can you just tap into that uh, raw energy of desire and just?" experience the raw pleasure of that and mm. I was like no this has never been mm. pleasurable for me it's always been associated with wanting what I what I can't have it's been mm. a real bone of contention and uh, created a lot of inner resistance for me for so much of my life mm. it's been a real pain in the ass mm. <laughs> to be mm. honest I couldn't just really sit with it and it's always been like this oh fuck just like, it. Yeah, yeah, like wanting it but can't having it. Yeah. Um, you know, I was single for eight years and yes, I had, you know, some lovers for that time, but a lot of the time I was just like sexually frustrated. Mm. You know, having this raw, strong, powerful potency, like wanting to be expressed but not having an outlet for it. Mm. You know, porn gets really fucking boring Boy. after a while. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, that my sexuality was a real cause of frustration for a lot of my mm. um, you know, early adulthood as well. Yeah. So how did that feel to, like, and you shared this with me, but to kind of allow that energy to come up and how did that impact your fear around not having control of the energy? Like, how did that transmute it, kind of allowing it in? Mm. What really transmuted it was rather than seeing it, that energy as a real frustration, I saw it for what it really was because, you know, I was having um, so-called negative memories pop up, but I also mm. had a lot of really beautiful memories pop up of, of having really beautiful, intimate experiences mm. with beautiful people. And I was like, oh, wow, you know, in those moments, it was really blissful because, you know, seeing the feminine in in that form surrender into that blissful state is it's just exquisite mm. and i really saw that that potency and that strong drive is actually when i really get down to the essence of it it's a real desire to serve mm. and uh that determination can be channeled for me now into you know serving my family creating community creating you know going out in the garden and nurturing and feeding my family like mm. it's still that same honoring the feminine honoring the feminine and, mm. and wanting to serve mm. like and, and give it's like that masculine propensity to be of service and, and give and to be mm. of action so that the feminine can receive and mm. open and surrender mm. and go into that blissful state mm. yeah mm. beautiful so that really helped me mm. um a lot recognizing that in its purest essence that's really what that strong potent energy is yeah for me yeah and it's that's beautiful example of how those when we really are willing to go into those so-called darker aspects of ourselves and really <clears throat> be honest about them and really bring them into the light that those the veils of illusion dissolve and we see the inherent innocence the inherent gift and um the inherent purpose you know the, the divinity of why they're here mm. um yeah and allowing for that 
humanness, you yeah. know, and the divinity and being honest about yeah. that, which can be challenging and it can yeah. be really scary to go into. And as, as your partner, like I, you know, when you shared, um, when you came back from the session, session and you shared it and you shared in a lot more detail than, you know, what you've just done. I know for me, like, yeah, I just kind of held space and listened and I, again, I could, that whole, this has nothing to do with me and, you know, I was really honouring how honest you were being as always mm. and, and the trust that, that always brings, even if it's not what I want to be hearing, you know, mm. um, that brings such a level of, um, yeah, intimacy and, um, uh, yeah, but then once you'd finished sharing it, so there's an aspect of me that held space and it's just yeah. there and then once you'd finished, then I just had like these tears just like yeah. streaming down as I felt my... <laughs> Um, can I just say that I came away from that session feeling extremely liberated mm. because this aspect of myself that I thought I had to get rid of and develop and integrate, I, mm. I saw that it's, I saw it for what it is in its purity and I felt liberated and that there wasn't something wrong with me. Mm. That's really what was so liberating. Mm. And, and then I obviously had to come home and share that with you and I knew mm. that that was going to be really challenging for you to hear but i ultimately knew it's what you we needed to go through and you yeah. needed to hear yeah. for us to really go to the next level yeah. yeah and then what that essentially took me on was that internal thing of like holding space then my own feelings of oh what do, you know what does this bring up in me and then for me what that led to was that whole realization oh there's nothing wrong with me yeah so your <laughs> journey of that was at your path because of your makeup and your, you know, where you're at. But again, in you honouring that, that required, although it was uncomfortable to kind of move through it, that led me onto that same path. And so we mirrored each other in that way. And we had this like sharing and essentially, we don't need to end stories, but it's like you said, you said, I just want to know, like, I feel like it's not okay for me to be me, to be honest about me. And then I was like, well, I feel like, and it wasn't quite tick for tat like that, but later in sharing, I echoed the same words. And it was that same core wound or the same fear of, of not feeling free to be who we are and that there's something wrong with us. Yeah. We need to fix or heal. And yeah, it's that, yeah. it's that balance of doing the healing work around the distortion and then coming back to honoring the truth yeah. without trying to fix that truth. Mm. Yeah. And for me, you know, it's brought up um, because my own kind of, um, sex sexual history and um sense of sensuality is really different from yours and i've had i've also been moving through a lot of shame um and different things but it's again it's come through it's the same core wound of shame but manifests in a very different way mm. and uh, you know and i can see looking back and i had really big insights after you shared uh, even more fully and again we've already have you've always been really honest throughout it but just that new level of insight to put in your awareness um and seeing how my you know my earlier sexual memories as i said like i grew up in a i've shared before i had a very safe loving childhood i was very blessed and mum and dad were married until you know dad passed and um you know they would kiss in front of me so there was no and mum and dad were both in medicine so our bodily functions and all that sort of stuff was always on the table there was no kind of like you know periods and all those things it's not like you couldn't talk about or yeah. anything and um but yeah my early memories of my like my first sexual sensual feelings or that like tingling feeling i think it was as a kid it was like 
looking through um, venture catalogs. So in back back in my day, we didn't have internet. <laughs> But like looking through catalogues of like essentially it's like Kmart or Big W and seeing like just images of women's bras and like just feeling something and just feeling something and um and then kind of at some point I'm realizing that I was feeling this around breasts and the kind of that oh that I probably shouldn't be feeling that um and then you know my earlier uh, sexual experiences were with girls like in primary school. And um, we just used to kind of cuddle in bed and kind of, we never touched our genitalia or, um, but we just kind of would just kind of caress each other a little bit. And it was this pure innocence of just following what felt good, but we called it secrets and we would tell, we'd tell secrets. And I remember in primary school being with just that small group of girlfriends that we would kind of share that with. And then, and I had one or two friends kind of outside that little group who knew about it. But I remember when we went to high school and then we merged with like a much bigger group for year, like for grade seven, grade eight, grade nine. I remember just every now and then this like horrifying fear of it getting out in high school and just like what would happen. And by then I'd kind of realized that there was actually a lot of homosexuality in my family and both my mum and dad's, um, like within my aunts and uncles. And so I didn't have... I didn't have um, judgment of that per se. Well, there's an aspect of me that didn't have, I wasn't conscious of any judgment, but then to think that, oh my God, am I gay? Like, and like I had this big fear of it for like 15 years or so. Like it was a long time because sometimes I'd see a woman and I think she was really attractive, but I wouldn't then like want to get on with her. But I was like, how do I, how can I like look at women and think that they're attractive? Oh my God, am I, you know, but then I liked boys and I didn't never kind of really thought about kissing mm. girls after that early primary school thing. I did a bit later on, but um, yeah, so that was kind of, I can see how very early on it caused me to shut down these feelings. And I remember, um, I remember like walking like down the street with my older sister who I must have been about like grade five, grade six or so. And she was, she would have been like grade 10 or 11. So quite a different, very mm. different age. Um, and I'd said something to my dad that day, he'd gone running and he has, he was really tall and had long slim legs. And I'd said something to him about his skinny legs, really innocently, not just saying he had skinny legs. And um, my older sister saying to me, you know, who's that's like, me saying to if you're saying that to a man it'd be like saying to you that you've got no tits and i remember in that moment thinking because i didn't but at that point in time like at the girls in primary school who had who were growing small breasts they were getting teased like i was like the normal one or i was the one like and it was like it was my first it was on my i wasn't conscious of the time but looking back on it it was one of those first moments where i thought oh there's something wrong with me there's something wrong with my body and it's not how it should be and it's interesting, I was a really late developer, so I didn't get my period until um, grade like nine. I got it once and then it disappeared, and then I got it once in grade 10, and then you know, I became really like skinny and got anorexia, so I lost my weight, so my period stopped. So again, I still didn't get breasts, like, well, for a long time. <laughs> but I had this like inherent, and then what I kind of missed the bandwagon of all my friends started going deeper, like I had a, a boyfriend in grade seven but then I didn't really have another boyfriend I'd kiss boys but I didn't actually have a boyfriend until I was 17 mm. so I missed that bandwagon of where everyone started having sex or started going deeper into foreplay and that sort of thing and I'd kind of shut down and then when I went um 
on exchanges like 17 I kind of met this older man and so I I, you know I say I left Australia having just turned 17 this kind of quite I wasn't fully innocent I used to drink quite a bit and smoke a bit of pot and that sort of thing but um yeah pretty innocent so certainly sexually and then I came home and I'd been with a man who was you know 10 years older than me and I'd explored a lot and I came home and I went and my friend said like as you know from having traveled you kind of go away and anyone who has traveled you go away for a year or so especially that age so much happens when we travel <laughs> like so much happens when we come home and everyone else is exactly at where they're at I mean they maybe they moved like a month ahead in yeah. me, but we feel like we've like I remember coming Quantum home late. totally and especially because all my friends were like 10 years older and we'd gotten into rave scenes and yeah. heaps of stuff and then I came home and I started sharing some of the things that I'd been doing and in terms of like different party drugs and um sexually what you know and my friends were like oh my god and so i went from this like i'd gone from this like totally undeveloped not knowing anything to like coming back <laughs> this, like, really what i thought this really old embodied woman i was still yeah. only 18 yeah. but um and then so either way either polarity i was like shut down i felt judged and like yeah. there was something wrong with me and so these things that i'd said that i'd kind of tried i was like oh my god what you did that and i thought like, oh i don't meant to do that so it kind of, I can see, and then over years, and this is what it brought up um, after your session of like realizing that I numbed myself. I just shut myself down. I didn't ever feel comfortable um, saying what I needed or wanted, and I felt that there was something wrong with me. And for me, like when I was kind of came back to Australia, went back another when I was 19, and um, I remember one day this, and I share this because it was really it had a massive impact on me for many many years i went to the doctors i had like a spider bite on my groin and um i went to the doctors and he kind of looked at it and he's like oh it's herpes and um i was like what and like we were speaking french i could speak french but i was like he's like herpes like, <laughs> like what like i'd never heard it and i would only been with my one partner you know so although i adore being with the one man and um and all my friends back home, they'd had sex with heaps of people, like heaps of people. And I was like, I was like, oh, this isn't fair. I've like been with one person and I've got this thing. And they tell me it's like, you can't ever heal it. And, and I was like, oh my God, there's something massively wrong with me. And I remember we came home from the doctor, my host auntie took me and we walked back into like um, the family, like extended family had been over for lunch. And um, so there were like five aunts and uncles, the grandma was there. We walked in and I was just kind of walking in in shock. And I'd also put a lot of weight on in that second year as well. Um, had a few too many fennel chocolates and croissants. And uh, so I was feeling this, like, this body, you know, something was wrong anyway. And, um, yeah, my auntie just said, oh, it's, it's herpes. And just told, like, everyone. And I remember just, like, oh, my God, just going. And then I told my partner and he was like, well, I've never had it, you know, and he just, like, totally shamed me for it as well. I felt shame from that. And it just, like, oh, my God, it took me years and years to tell anyone. Like, I didn't tell any of my friends. I think I told my dad, like, five, six years later, like, I kept this deep, deep, dark secret and had replaced that secret earlier from the primary school, like, telling secrets with my um, – I'm just realising this now. It got replaced. Then it had a secret around I don't actually have my period – and I haven't actually had sex, anyone else has, and I'll just keep that a secret. Then to this secret around, oh, I've done explored lots of different things, and then it's like, oh, I've got, you know, uh, uh, STI. And um, 
It was huge. It was huge. I remember even before we were together the first time, um, you know, I shared it with you beforehand and um, and you were so cool about it. You were like, oh, this is just yeah. like not a thing at all. And nah. I was, oh my God. So anyway, I share that because, um, although it's, I mean, it's not really off topic, but I know herpes in particular is something that's, um, I have shared a couple of times with different people when I've been leading workshops and um, with women with private clients and I've had a few people come back to me and say, oh my God, I have that too. And there's just been this echo of like, oh my God, I thought it was the, it's almost like a me too. Maybe I can start yeah. my own me too. <laughs> but that once I had done that, I've done a lot of work around that shame and that clearing and it's, I feel like I've kind of cleared that virus anyway. So now I can actually just see it and talk about this, you know, like as if I had a cut on my hand but um so I share all that because that's all that's how shame's manifested for me and that this feeling that I'm not enough and then also shutting down my capacity to receive because I didn't feel um I just didn't want to offend and you know I'd only been with my that boyfriend and then my ex-partner and then I was with you so I haven't had many lovers and every person that I've um, had sex with I've loved you know it's, it's come from love and I had one life lesson that later on that it wasn't and that was a whole other story and whatever shame and but it was kind of realizing I think what uh, in summary <laughs> that your session kind of I came to see that I'd actually almost been in an abusive relationship with myself yeah for about that was very big 15 20 years and I didn't feel... What do you mean by that? I had opened my body and, and given my body when I didn't want to. And I had given pleasure when I didn't want to, when it wasn't my truth. And um, that was really not from any place of um, someone telling me to or, you know, that I haven't had experienced any uh, sexual abuse or anything like that. But... It was me not having the boundaries and not honoring myself. And then when I saw myself this whole time that you were sharing, like our baby was just like kicking, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then this whole seeing the, um, the absolute divinity of my body and my femininity and my womb and my yoni and and the, the sacredness of that. And then realizing how I hadn't honored that. That was... That was traumatic and it was deeply, um, I went into like a deep grief. I didn't go there for long, just a few minutes really, but it was like, fuck, that was big and I needed to see that. And then because then I, I was able to just bring in compassion, I put on Kuan Yin and um, yeah, Magdalene and you know, had my, we've got a giant rose quartz Christian just held her there and um, so it led to this beautiful healing journey. And again, the whole time that we were going through this, again, we knew it was in relation to this course coming up and bringing up the new levels of healing for us. And um, yeah, but it, but it brought it within that. I think after that, it led to this kind of, we both need to be in our own energies for a while. And um, that, that brought within me a fear of uh, disconnect because... Our, our sexuality has been a massive part of our relationship and um, and I started to realise one of the things that we talk about and explore in the course is the eroticization of our wounds and the tendency of people wanting to have sex so that they feel close and that idea even before of like making love rather than actually creating that 
connection and feeling the love and then sharing that love so you're not having sexes to make it and create it you're just sharing it um mm. so i could see we were lying together one day and i was just kind of i could i felt a bit disconnected and i kind of wanted to touch you know and i saw i thought if i do this now i'm doing that so as to get close so i didn't but um it brought up some another level of stuff which i don't feel the need to go into mm. right now but yeah 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 that whole that point of having the connection before the sex is just so crucial because mm. yeah when we're not feeling whole and we're searching for that connection and fulfillment and we do that through sex it's going to be first of all redundant but mm. in the long run it's actually going to be damaging and yeah. you know what we really emphasize in our own relationship you know now you know even more than previously and also what we share you know when we work with couples is that that connection needs to be fostered before the sex mm. you can do that through massage through eye gazing but and real true intimacy will come through the sharing of truth yeah and especially when it's shadow <laughs> yeah especially when it's shadow yeah. like yeah. those parts of ourselves and those aspects of ourselves mm. that we sort of judge and label as wrong if we really have the courage to actually share them with our partner mm. and our partner has the capacity to actually not take it personally to mm. see it for what it is and hold the space and love you through those shadows that's what creates the transformation in ourselves and also the deep intimacy in our relationship yeah it's into me i see mm. it's that intimacy word mm. into me i see and quite often in our relationship we mirror one another but it plays out in a polarity so if i'm feeling shame me personally aaron i might get angry mm. and actually it's like a, an outward movement of energy but for Greer when she's feeling shame she'll make that internally about her and like sort of close mm. down and blame herself or rather than blame the other so mm. um, this is you know at the core of you know so much dysfunction is people first of all don't even realize that their shame is getting triggered yeah and second of all they'll blame their partner for making them feel that way so yeah. you know it takes a, a degree of awareness and consciousness um, humility compassion understanding to be able to you know, do that sort of work and you just got to take it incrementally absolutely and the beauty of of because we've sh we've shared those feelings it's not just the sexual things it's whatever it's like feeling the anger or feeling that oh. and and doing it from a place of like sharing my experience of it rather well you've just you saying that just makes me feel like this yeah. you know <laughs> um it's not like projecting the other person or blaming it's just okay well I, I i'm feeling like this right now is that it helps me and i we don't really we don't have the need for it as much now because we've got to that level of understanding and seeing each other. But I know that there was definitely a time where I would observe you reacting anger and then rather than rather than reacting to that reaction and going into my like, um, just like seeing that and knowing that this has nothing to do with me. I'm holding space for you. And then because I don't, because I wouldn't jump into that cycle, it mm. just pauses. And likewise, if, 
for you to share something and then if I go into my shame of you like it's not like you're not encouraging it but you're just kind of honoring it and allowing it to be and so it drops the reactivity so we're not perpetuating each other's underdeveloped aspects so it's like one of us holds ground while the other's in it and and knowing it's safe to be in it and so now if one of us is triggered or something it's like i've i've been triggered from that and it's like we're both being aware so for example i'm triggered this has brought this up in me and there's an aspect of me that knows that it's all good and I need to honour the aspect of me that's feeling really wounded right now. And that's what happened uh, just a couple of nights before is that I had this fear of, of disconnection and because um, um, we hadn't been sexually intimate for about five days or so, which is almost like it's a long time for us. And so I had this like fear and so I was feeling just, I was kind of wasn't really aware that I was disconnected, but then I became aware of it and I was like, oh, I just have realised that I've got this fear of, us when my daughters go back um mm. to that i'll that will be disconnected and then that sharing just like just stating that it just like oh, just brought us in and you really saw me and you really held me and i was like oh, and then, then i had all these like tears come up that i hadn't realized i'd been suppressing so um it's beautiful and those tears come up to be released rather than then go into the story of feeling disconnected like i didn't have any other need to to talk about it I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> yeah. If I could get a word in, I'd probably have something really interesting to share. I was just really picking up on that. Well, I, had, I was like... Oh, uh, uh, okay, you go, you go. Well, yeah, I have an example of what you were talking about before in that, you know, when I came back in from my session, I, I knew what I was going to share was going to trigger your not-enoughness and that there was something wrong with you. And sure enough, it did. And while I held you in that, I also had to just be aware that I was feeling guilty as a result. And as you spoke uh, yourself about what you were feeling, um, and it was triggering my guilt, um, I just had to see that for what it was. And, um, and, that's when I say, well, I feel like I can't be who I am mm. and that there's something wrong with me and we were both mirroring each other's wounding, essentially. Yeah. 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 And the other point <laughs> that I finally get to make <laughs> is that, you know, when you shared the other <laughs> night um, that fear of disconnection what I saw was that this is the ongoing process of our sovereignty and that um, you know sovereignty and sexuality plays out like we have to let go of the neediness around sex mm. and needing it to feel that connection mm. Mm. yeah absolutely and so you honoring and expressing that fear you know mm. means we can you know move through that and then we actually come more into our sovereignty mm. as well mm. yeah 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 and and again like for me it's like that balance of like uh, of like honoring the path of sovereignty and each other's sovereignty and also honoring my truth of that that love of that connection and so yeah allowing for those different aspects which aren't which aren't they're not in um they're not in they're not opposite one another um but 
yeah if, if i try to it's almost like fearing your you kind of fearing that innate power is mm. something like me fearing my desire to connect really deeply mm. you know it's like a, being honest about that it's, yeah should we do a bit of honesty and sharing right here on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> i think i know what you're gonna say yeah. what um well when you when i was sharing at the beginning of the podcast and i was sort of you know sharing my experience with carla and i felt like you kept interrupting because you wanted to make a point and oh. interject and that you're placing your need to be heard ahead of mine oh. and then when it was your turn to share on on your experience and what was going on i just allowed you to have that and you just kept talking and then when i actually have something to share it's like i don't get a chance and then that makes me feel like i don't matter and that my voice my opinion doesn't matter so then i'm actually less inclined to share it mm. and i actually have a reluctance to to share yeah and so when it actually comes my turn my turn to speak i'm actually like a bit like oh fuck it it doesn't matter anyway mm. <sighs> <laughs> thank you for sharing that yeah i could feel that yeah a bit of a fuck this feeling coming up yeah mm, yeah and i'm sure our listeners will could have potentially picked up on that so i thought it was appropriate to share <laughs> this is like impromptu sharing yeah, so... Well, this is, is it, how we communicate. Yeah, totally. You know, I was just honestly sharing my experience and that's yeah. how it makes me feel. Yeah. I'm not blaming you or making you wrong for it, but I'm just bringing to awareness. Yeah. Yeah, good. Yeah. Can I share my experience? Of course you can. Yeah, so mine was... Uh, I... Uh, um, I... My sense, I did. I wasn't aware of any kind of desire to need to make a point or anything, and I definitely have done that in the past. Of feeling like, oh, hang on, I need to be chipping in. It was more for the podcast listeners or viewers, so that it's like a, a conversation between us rather than uh, teaching. And at the same time, I recognise you weren't teaching; you were just sharing. Yeah. <laughs> and I value that it was actually really good for me to be able to just fully share. Without interruption, so I'm yeah, sorry. Why can't I have that? <laughs> no, I know. That's what I mean. It was only after I realising now that that would have been really helpful for you. Yeah. You could just re-record if you like. <laughs> no, I think this is really healthy. <laughs> yeah, 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 I agree. Yeah. Yeah, and so what would have been... And now I feel really good yeah. that I've had that opportunity to share. Yeah, and now I know when we're recording podcasts. And normally we do because we have this... Should we share our... Yeah, of course. So normally if we're interviewing or we're in session or we're like co-teaching, we have like these secret signposts. Yeah. <laughs> this is... This is if we go like... If we go like that, what? it's like, I have something, I want to interject. I want to interject. <laughs> and it's like, come on, I'm a bit stuck. That's like, come Yeah, out. you come in. <laughs> and for for those that are listening to the... Um, oh, yeah. For listening to the podcast and aren't watching, our signs are, what would you call it? The, a dick and a... The dick like, in pussy sign. <laughs> like, I want to interject. Like a pointed finger and the other hand is like a circle. Just the hole. Yeah, and then the other one's like a fingering sign. Like a, a yoni massage. Yeah. <laughs> or you could call it the some people call it the barracuda but <laughs> oh. yeah so that's our little sign language when we're teaching <laughs> it's just a 
brings a bit of play into it, a bit of fun. It's really helpful, though, because it gives us a way to communicate that. And so yeah. maybe we just... And it's like, now that everyone when, knows when you're just... ready, I have something to say. It's not like, shut up, I want to talk. It's like, yeah. yeah, I have something to say when you're ready. Yeah, and that's a really good example. Of that's that's a communication thing that's actually worked with us. Yeah. And the other thing that works with us is like what you did when you say, um, you know, sh- normally we're not recording a podcast, so normally you just say... <laughs> Is it, I've got something that, is it okay if I share something right now? And yeah. we ask permission before we do it. And and the other thing that you've brought in that's really good. Can I give another example? Is that yeah. okay? Yeah, well, <laughs> I guess so. Is is when you say, um, in the interest of connection and honesty, yeah. or mm. you kind of, before you say... Pre-frame. Yeah, yeah. And you come back to the essence, this is why you're sharing. So it's not yeah. to trigger, it's not to blame. It's, it's You just say what it is, and that really... A, I tend to feel in my soul effects like, oh no, what's, what's going to happen? But that's less and less so. And just come to this, okay, so this is the intention and um, yeah. this is what's going to happen. It's, it's super powerful. So important to ask permission and check for the appropriateness yeah. of... Of sharing. That's yeah. such an important point. Yeah. Because it's not like, you know, you're trying to get the kids to bed or, or make dinner and it's like... Mm. Honey, I need. I have to share something. It could just be a really appropriate, inappropriate time. And I know people with a low degree of self-awareness and emotional intelligence, like that's actually something that they need to work on is finding the appropriate time to actually share. Mm. And yeah, I've found that when there is something big to share, you can really soften the blow by just saying, "Look, in the interests of our intimacy, our shared growth, understanding, mm. and connection." Mm. There's something I just need to share. Mm. It can just really soften the blow yeah. <laughs> when you when those big things come up, yeah. which they inevitably do. Yeah. So that's a little insight into us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. I feel this has been really we've we've it's grown. Been really therapeutic for us. No, it's yeah, it's been great. And again, our intention is that some of our sharing has. Um, has supported you and, and you, whether you're in relationship or not. And, um, you know, if you are in a relationship, whether you listen to this with your yeah. partner. Yeah, actually there was something I was thinking about before we recorded the podcast in that there's, uh, you know, certainly in my field, um, I've got a lot of people on my social media connections that there's a lot of people in this um, sacred sexuality field now and I sort of, I dismissed it, to be honest. I, I didn't really fully appreciate the potential transformational potency that is in this tantric work, that's mm. in the sexual shame. I, I I sort of shunned it a bit, and I'd projected my own guilt and shame and inner woundings and had sort of thought, oh, these people aren't doing the real work, mm. to be honest. like when, And I think... I'd act that was some of my own insecurities of really stepping into that myself mm, mm. and also yeah because I sort of denied my own unconsciously like there's a large aspect of me that you know loved my sexuality but there was also that aspect that really judged labeled it mm. and so you know I invite you the listener if you find yourself you know judging and dismissing those people that really you know stepping into their sexual potency and power like if you're judging that you know i do you judge that aspect of yourself 
Mm. You know, because I, I know I've done that. So mm. I just share that with the listener as well. Mm. Can I share a little bit yeah. of that? Yeah, so it's, I, some of the insights that I had during the week as well was when, um, when it kind of came out of you kind of being in fear of that sexuality that I kind of realised it was only like a day or two later, I realised that part of my fear of you really owning your sexuality was that um, I had never really owned my sexuality because I'd shut myself down for a long time. And so the fear of how that might play out for mm. me if I allowed myself to go into that. Yeah. And I think for me, my judgment around the um, tantric work and all that, you know, the, the temptress and the sensual, you know, vibes that I was kind of, as I said, I spent some time last year starting to go down that, that path, but I realised that what was actually driving that behaviour for me was the fear of not being enough. And so I mm. felt that I had to become this incredible woman of woman of many faces and many different flavours and all this sort of thing. That, and But it was coming, the drive for that was so that I could be enough for you mm. or enough for someone else or enough, or enough for me or just appear to be something. Um, and what's been interesting is that as I've kind of let that go, and so for me it was really healthy to go down that path to kind of explore it a bit but then also realize okay actually this is actually about me coming really into my heart and I kind of became aware last year that it's a big part of my um uh truth and soul expression is to embody the divine mother and then I always kind of felt that that wasn't sexy enough for marketing and you know like I don't know divine mother like you know but realizing (laughs) that that aspect of the divine feminine who is very nurturing and very grounded and very um uh yeah powerful. It's, it's, yeah the divine mother is actually very powerful yeah yeah and so as i've actually allowed myself i've seen the and it's really interesting that we're now pregnant and so i'm literally the embodiment of the mother and the sensuality that comes from that from really embracing that and and loving all of that and um the roundedness and the curves and all of that um and and that what that has actually done in letting go that actually I've noticed in our sexuality natural other flavors do come out yeah. and that but they're natural it's not me trying to play a role or try yeah. to turn you on in different ways it's just like this different expression of my divine feminine yeah comes out and yeah beautiful so it's um yeah mm. it's what happens when we let go of trying to be something other than we're not which is scary because if we feel like we're not enough as we are which inherently depending on how conscious we are it's that our fundamental shared wound is is a human but it's a distortion yeah yeah Mm. beautifully said yeah babe yeah and for the any men listening that you know really resonate with some of the ideas and you know aspects i've shared you know the big, big takeaway that I've really come to see from all this is that inner yearning f- that we have as men, you know, for the feminine, it's the divine feminine. That's what we're really attracted to and strongly desire mm. is that divine feminine. And that's a perfectly natural mm. instinct. It's part of our spiritual nature, not just our physical, mm. you know, primal nature. It's also an aspect of our spiritual nature for the masculine to seek union with the divine feminine. Mm, beautiful. Yeah, and I'm kind of seeing how for the feminine, it's like there's, I see the 
by masculine be held in that and so yeah. sometimes that is to be held sexually yeah a lot of the times to be held in our vulnerability and that's like been a massive part mm. of your divinity and your embodied yeah masculinity yeah it's like mm. at the gym the other day I was, I, this chick kept looking at me and rather than me sort of like have it boost my ego i was like oh she's just she's picking up on the divine um masculine within mm. That's the frequency I'm holding at the moment because I'm in mm. the gym, I'm in my power. It's, and it was just that. I was just like, mm. okay. And I didn't like, you know, try create any rapport or have any, you know, leaky energy. It's just, mm. that's what it is. That's the assessment. That's fine. And you said that that was a mirror too for you and seeing her because she's quite attractive. And Well, it wasn't her. But <laughs> what I've realized <laughs> is that, you know, when I feel an attraction, it's, I'm just witnessing and seeing the divine feminine. Mm. And for me in the past, when I've felt that attraction of sort of, it's that whole frustration of fuck, mm. I shouldn't be feeling this. Mm. It's like wanting what I can't have. And then that's like, Oh shit. You know, if I get in that a situation where that's a, um, a possibility, am I going to act on that? And am mm. I going to hurt Greer and my family as a result? You know, that was the fear. Mm. But mm. now I see that like, okay, just, that's just the divine feminine. I'm seeing the, like mm. I'm feeling that attraction and that pull towards the divine feminine, mm. but I know that the divine feminine is plays out in many ways and many flavors, mm. and so it's great now. I've got that charge taken off it. Mm. I just see it for what it is, and there's not like this massive, like first of all, there's not this such this strong desire to search for it outside of myself, mm. and you know, second of all, it's just I just see it for what it is, and it's fine there's not all this fear shame and judgment mm. and guilt around it beautiful yeah <laughs> I think that's a wrap I think it is awesome if anyone has any questions or they want to connect or you know anything our contact details mm. are below and um Again, whether you're single or we're in couple, we really encourage you to, if you feel called to explore this this aspect of your life, it's it's super powerful, super yeah. healing, and um, you know it is what we go into in our primal healing course in weeks three and four into mm. the sacral. So mm. you know we've gone through our own clearing, and we're going to be taking a group through mm. a clearing, you know, in a few weeks' time. Well, it's on Sunday we start. Yeah, we start mm. with the root. Mm. So. Um, yeah, there's many modalities, and I I encourage the listener to explore any modality. Mm. I'm I'm not saying we've got the only right and only way. We've got a way that works for us, mm. and you know I've experienced my own shifts through breath work, and I know there's lots of modalities out there. So mm. you know we just encourage if you feel inclined to shift some of this stuff, like mm. just be adventurous, be curious. You know, set that intention and see what manifests for you. Mm. Like I've often found that the modalities I need appear mm -hmm. when I need it. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. you might just be in conversation with someone and they suggest something, or mm. um, you know, you just feel a, an intuition to mm. you know follow follow wherever your heart's leading you. Yeah, yeah, and it'll be really interesting how it plays out. Cause just like your intention with your breath work, that was more around the birth. Yeah, it wasn't around sexuality at, at all. all. But <laughs> when you have that intention and going into a healing session or a course or anything like that, it's about surrendering about how that looks like. Because it might be that in order to heal this, 
first need to heal this yeah. because this is blocking the healing. So. Yeah, hundred percent. And you've had a massive heal, like now, like with Bub. Yeah. You're pumped. Yeah. Because mm. I had an intention to, you know, heal this sexual aspect of myself, and it actually led me to heal, like. <laughs> All these other aspects yes. before we actually address that one. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. you know, yeah. the in- power of intention is very powerful and we've got to surrender how that unfolds. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Blessed be. Blessed be. Thank you for listening. We love you. We send you lots of heart coherence yeah. through this microphone, through this screen, to your heart and your higher self and yeah. your divine presence. So... Namaste. Yeah, I was just thinking though, there won't be that many episodes away and we might have Bubby here. Oh, yeah. Woo. So He'll share through the birth and share the pregnancy and yeah. all that sort of stuff. So it'd be beautiful. Yeah. Awesome. Yay. Peace, Bye. guys. Hey there, we trust you've got value from this episode and we want to gift you something. If you want even more value and a vibe with what we're putting out, we've got an epic free training called the Infinity Flow Model. This model is channeled directly through us and it is the core principle foundations of what we live on a daily basis that allows us to live our heart space desires and love from our soul. We've put a link to that in the show notes as well as a link to our online community of Awakening Souls which really offers the space and the support to step into your truth, your power and your heart and all members receive access to two of our online courses. So check it out and in the meantime, keep keep living living and loving from from the soul. soul.